Gilmore gets the steal though. Out and running. He's gonna look to take off. Oh! Devin Gilmore! Team Hotel Montanote from Glanmar. And they're starting five. Onya McKenna, Neve Dwyer, Gronya Dwyer, Marie Breen, and Tamitza Bacic. That's been put home by Emmett Donnelly, and that's his first field goal of this final. 26 points for Rachel Van der Waal. It's been a long time since anyone has said this. Neptune have won the cup. And then final to Lee Tigers. First Celeste. I'm here with Adele Thornton, the first player in Irish basketball history to win MVP, under 18 and the under 20. Detect denied and victory for UCC Demons. It's Garvey's Tralee Warriors have come out winners. 45 points in made C point shots from CJ Fulton. The Huskies have retained their title. They are cup winners for a fifth time. Second, Corsair Ashley Good second, Ockham score on. Rockall, Grimm, for that Rockall. Oh, the that Corsair. Corsair Hart. Corsair Grootsit, a DCU. Hello and welcome to episode 3 of the National Cup Check-In. Today I'm delighted to be joined by Sean Jenkins of AINA, Harry Scully of Dublin Lions and John Fian, Basketball Ireland CEO. This episode was recorded live in the National Basketball Arena at the media launch day for the redevelopment plans for the National Basketball Arena. Up first we check in with Sean Jenkins, multiple underage cup winner and finals MVP with Neptune, including a double under 18 and under 20 run in 2016. Sean then moved to the United States to pursue basketball at high school level and attended NCAA Division I school, Presbyterian College, before transferring to NAIA Marion College for one season. Last year, he returned to AINA for his first year in the Super League, where he reached the National Cup final. We discuss his season so far, his thoughts on the American rule, and more. Delighted to be joined by Sean Jenkins, live from the National Basketball Arena. Sean, we're at the launch of the new arena development. Uh, what are your thoughts about the new arena being done up? Oh, it was absolutely amazing. Like it, when I first looked at it, I was like, "What exactly is this?" I thought it was like a 2K game or something like that. So, for Ireland to have an arena like that is amazing. You've played in big arenas in the states. Um, what what what's it like uh, potentially bringing someone like that home? And can talk about those arenas. I know you played in Michigan, and uh, that must have been pretty cool for you. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, so playing in arenas like that just gives you a feel like you're in like an, a Division One arena or like an NBA arena. Like, do you know what I mean? So, just seeing it is absolutely amazing. Deadly. You have a lot. Of Good memories in this arena, uh, particularly at underage level. Talk us through some of that early success you had with Neptune. Yeah, so I've played a lot of cup finals here. I've won five with Neptune underage. We won National League once, under-18s twice, and we won under-20s twice. So we won five and two. So it was a very successful run. You had a serious team at underage. Is that... What what is that look? Is it good coaching? What is that? Uh, I think it was a mix of both. Like you know, we were all playing together our whole life, so we knew how we we played. You know, we knew our role. So, you know, it was just a combine of friendship and teammate and chemistry. So, it's like going against them now. Everyone's kind of dispersed off in their own teams. The Hannigans yeah. are now with yeah, uh, a, with Demons. Connor's now back at Neptune, but he was at Ulster. What's that like? Yeah. It's weird playing against old friends, you know. But it's it's good though. It's good. It's fun. Absolutely. What's it like playing with Aina? It's good, you know, uh, it's my second year with them now. Uh, we got unlucky in the cup last year, unfortunately. And then this year we kind of got a tough draw again. And we, I don't think our chemistry was as good as it was last year um, in our first cup game. So, you know, we're still looking forward to winning the league, hopefully. So um, we have something to look forward to, but we're definitely disappointed with getting knocked out of the cup in the first round. 
What's the level like coming back from the States now compared to basketball that it was a couple of years ago? I don't know, did you play National League before you left, did you? I, yeah, so I won a National League uh, trophy right before I went to the okay, States, right. um, but I never played Super League. This okay. is my Last year was my first year actually playing Super League, so um, that was my first time proper experiencing it. But I watched it all my life growing up and I looked up to a lot of players like Jer Noonan, you know, all those type of players um, that I used to see in the, in, uh, the stadium, so... Um, you know, the level is absolutely, it's really good in the past couple of years and it's improving a lot compared to when I was here. What's your thoughts on the two American rule? A lot of people still think it's probably just taking that bit of time to bet in. Teams trying to figure out personnel-wise, positions, roles, that is going to change over the next couple of years because it's the first year. What are your thoughts on the rule as a whole? I think it makes, uh, especially like the Irish players better, you know, because you, you know that you, you're going to have to fight for your position a little bit more and it's, it's making the league better. We want to see players like, you know, Seven Woods, who we've seen on YouTube growing up, literally, like, you know, so when I heard that, I thought it was fake news. So playing against players like that is, it is, it is great for the country and it's great for the culture. So I think it's, it's doing the league world of good. That basketball culture has de really developed uh, over the last couple of years. You see the likes of social media, social media pages coming in, ISO basketball, stuff like that. What's the next step, do you think, in the basketball culture that you would have seen maybe in the States where it's more developed? Um, it's now coming into Ireland. Maybe the last dance is a bit to play with it as well. More people are aware of basketball. What's your thoughts on it? Yeah, like the likes of like game time and the BI World Media, Dave, and Sideline, like you've helped... Uh, the the culture of basketball so much even when I was in the States like I wouldn't have a clue what was going on unless I seen all that do you know what I mean and like game time that's something that you would see in like high school basketballs on YouTube and stuff so it's just great for the country to have that stuff because you know Ireland's not really recognized for basketball too much from other countries you know what I mean so it's definitely on the rise. What's your advice for anyone listening? Obviously, obviously I document everyone going away that Green Army abroad for anyone that's listening that's a younger player that wants to go abroad what advice would you give them? Uh, you know, just stick with it and, you know, know that, know that it's going to be tough, but um, it's worth it in the end, you know, and it's, if it's something that you have a, have a dream of doing or you want to do, then, you know, follow your dreams, but it's definitely something that it's not for the weak, you know, it is, it's very tough, you know, you're going to miss your family, you're going to be lonely, do you know what I mean, there's hard nights, you know what I mean, but it's, it's the whole fun of it and you get better as a person and as a basketball player, so I would recommend it to anybody that really wants to go to the States goals for the next couple of years personally for you Sean what are you looking to achieve well to be honest um, I'm kind of up in the air right now but um, I still have to finish college and then I'll see what I kind of want to do um, I do have aspirations of playing professionally um, but you know that's in the future so I, I'll see put you on the spot uh, Ballon colleague Trilly who's coming out on top I'm more interested in the Neptune versus Demons game to be honest you know what I mean I, I might have to make my way back down to Cork for that match. <laughs> Who do you think? Friday Night Lights. Uh, they just, they just. Neptune came back overtime, just won. Yeah. He's going to take it in the on the Friday Night Cup. I don't know. It depends on you know the crowd. You know, it depends on who gets it and all that type of stuff. There's a lot more than just basketball in Cork. <laughs> but um, I don't know. You know. I have friends on both teams. It would be a fun match to watch. Sean, thanks for your time. Appreciate no it. Next up, we check in with Harry Scully about his 56-point game in the Under-18 National Cup quarter-final, representing Ireland at 3x3, finishing 8th overall in Europe, and his predictions for the Pac Duffy men's semi-finals. OK, delighted to be joined by Harry Scully live from the National Basketball Arena. Uh, Harry, we've just heard the launch of the redevelopment of the arena. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, it's great to see you, like... Um you see online that, like all the time like there's a new soccer stadium being built or a new gas stadium being built so it's kind of nice to have our turn and have something new being built for the basketball. What's your memory of this arena? I know it's not it's not gone just yet but any big memories here? I'd have to say I haven't played here yet competitively and um, we've trained here a good while and it's a good court but 
my favourite memory I'd say would have to be when Lions um, National League Women won the cup last year when um, me and all the under 18 boys were sitting up causing havoc up in the top corner causing havoc yeah uh, do you think they go back to back? I think they have every chance to yeah and um, the pros this year Sophie and Sydney are sensational like they're unstoppable when the pair of them are on fire like and it's very 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 hard to put get them on an off day like they're very consistent so I think they have every chance to go back to back. It seems to be a great um, community or kind of bond between the two teams. Um, I've seen them at National League, them supporting you or you supporting them. Um, what's that kind of, what has that been built? Yeah, like it's just kind of the um, positive environment the club promotes. Like, um, like the under-18s and the men's National League team would both support the women and vice versa. Like the women's would come to both under-18s and men's games. Like we were... Um, going down to Cork now in the next few weeks like all, pretty much all the men's team are coming down and pretty much all the women's team are coming down early to watch us play in the morning and then we're all staying to watch them play on Saturday night. You've had a lot of change this year with the men's National League um, obviously a new coach coming in or your coach leaving um, what's that been like stepping up to the National League level and those changes occurring? Yeah so now we have Mo and it's like we all know Mo like he's been playing a long time and um, he's very smart to be fair oh, I really like Mo I think he um knows the game very well and he's settling in quite nicely um some of the results aren't going our way but i think they'll come in time with mo's um new structure coming in like it's hard to come in and midway through a season and just flip everything upside down so he's slowly but sure slowly but surely we're getting there um this year for yourself under 18 uh quarter final i was there 56 points going into that game where you kind of uh what were you thinking what were you feeling um like in the warm-up and all i was feeling good like um I always say it, it's great to have Rob by my side. Like I think he's the best coach I've ever had, in my opinion. Um, he knows me so well. He knows how to get me ready for big games. He knows how I work. He knows how we work together. And um, he was just always, he was just saying, like, I'm feeling good, I'm looking good, like, in the warm-up. And I always say, I did not think I had anywhere close to 56. I was just in that state of flow where I was just getting to the basket and scoring and by the end of the game, I got told I had 56 and I was kind of stuck there, couldn't believe them. Like, What, what would you have in the semi-final then? What, what can we expect? Um, Maybe three points because... <laughs> I, uh, You're going to be a face guard in all game. Yeah, we're playing Dundalk and Elijah, the coach, he's a very good coach for Dundalk and he was there. Uh, so hopefully he doesn't throw a boxing one or a double team on me. Yeah. What can you expect from the semi-final? Are you looking forward to it? I think it'll be a very good game. Um, Dundalk are a very good team. Like They've come into it in the past two years. Like They came from, no one really knew them at under-16s, and now at under-17s and under-18s, they've made a lot of noise. Like They're a very good team. I like how they play. They play very similar to how we play. Like They're very fast, up and down. I think it'll be a very exciting game. What do you think for the men's, um, Pat Duffy? What do you reckon, Neptune Demons or uh, Balancholic Tree? Neptune and Demons is a very, very hard one to call. Um, obviously Neptune won the other day so you'd be thinking they'd be going in more confident than Demons but you could never really write either of them off in a cup um, stage considering how they both really don't like each other and they both teams are going to really really want to win um, I'd say they probably want to win more in the cup than they would in the league to be fair um, I think I'd, I'd say I'd say Demons have it to be fair I think they might just come out with that little bit of grit because they lost only last week to them and they wouldn't want to lose back-to-back. -back. And then Tralee and Balancolic is another tricky one. Both teams look very, very good this year.
Um, but I, I always say I like how Trilly play, and I think they're very good, like very well coached as well. So I think I'll have to go with Trilly. Right. What have your What are your thoughts on the two American Rail this year? How have you found it? Uh, obviously playing in the National League, but also watching games. I think I like it. Um, it. It's a lot more movement for the pros. I think like there's been more pros moved around this year than there has ever. Um, but I think it's definitely improved the standard of the league. Like it's it's not only getting the league stronger, but it's getting the Irish players stronger because the pros always, well, especially in our club, like the pros always build a good bond with the players. Like and they'll show them how they work out, so then they can copy it, and then that will improve their standards and. It just, I think it's just a great role to have and it's improved massively. But you had a great summer with the 3x3 team. Um, talk us through a bit of that path and that journey um, through the summer and how you finished top eight in Europe. Yeah, thanks very much, Em. It was a great experience, to be fair. Um, at the start of the year, uh, 3v3 playing for Ireland wasn't really on my mind at all. But um, when the opportunity came around in the summer, I just said, I'll give it a shot. And luckily enough, I was picked and... I was very lucky to have such a great team. Like the lads are great. Um, I get along very well with all of them, and we had such a great time going away. Um, when we went to France, we weren't really expecting much. Um, we kind of just thought, oh, this is going to be a great experience just to go and have a look at France and not think much of it. Play the big teams and kind of just come home then. But when we played Poland, um, we we lost to them by a good bit, to be fair. But um. We weren't too stressed because it was our it was our first game um, playing 3v3 together and getting used to each other and the setup and everything. And um, we were kind of confident going into the game against Georgia. And luckily enough, we, we bet them um, quite comfortably, to be fair. But um, then we got our confidence going. Uh, that set us up for the next day against Austria. And uh, to be fair, I don't think Austria were expecting us to come out the way we did. Um, Paul did a great scout on them, to be fair. So we came in very defensive-minded. And then we just limited their scoring and their scoring ability. And luckily enough, it worked. Um, Like they only scored, I think, seven points in the whole game. And they were kind of similar to us. Like they were very defensive minded for the game. Um, I think we only got to nine as well. So it was a very low scoring game for 3v3. Like most 3v3 games would be up in the high 15s to 21s. Um, so it was a great experience. And then getting to qualify was something surreal, to be fair. Um, I would have never thought that I'd be playing in the Europe Cup for 3v3. I thought we were just going to be off to France and then home. But um, we got to go to Greece then, and Greece was an unbelievable um, memory, to be fair, something I'll cherish forever. Um, getting to see the big teams like Spain, France, Slovenia, everyone there, Croatia, um, everyone, it was just something else. Like, And then just for little Ireland to be there, I thought it was a very special moment for me and the rest of the lads. Um, and in our first group game, we played Slovenia, and they did, they were very strong. Um, and we were kind of disappointed that we didn't do better. Like we thought we could have had them, to be fair. And then we kind of just came into the Romania game thinking about that, thinking how we could have got Slovenia. So it got us over the line against Romania, and then beating them made us qualify for the quarterfinal. And being able to say you're in the top eight in all of Europe, something else, to be fair. Um, no one was really expecting it. And then we gave Spain a very, very good run for their money, to be fair. Um, like after the game, they came up to us and said that was probably the most challenging game they had so far in the tournament. So for the likes of a small Ireland, like for people from Spain coming up and saying to that after the game, it, it felt special, even though we were disappointed to lose. But it felt very, very special to be a part of it and to have Spain acknowledge the hard work that we're putting in in Ireland. It's very, very nice to see, to be fair. 
um, and to be a part of it is something something I'll remember forever. Um, and hopefully more Ireland teams in the future can take down Spain and go on and get a medal. Like we were very, very angry. We didn't get a medal and we thought we could have got one, but at the end of the day, we were all just very proud to be a part of that squad and make history. But we don't want it to end there. Like we want to go on and win medals now. Now we know what, what it's like to play at that level and we're very capable of playing at that level. Like So I just think we need to just push that little bit more and we'll get there. What are your goals um, personally over the next couple of years? What would you like to achieve in a, in a basketball sense? Um, over the next couple of years, I'd like to um, hopefully play abroad in America and um, one day hopefully play um, senior Irish basketball in this new arena, hopefully. <laughs> Brilliant, Harry. Thanks for your time. Best of luck in the semi-final. Our final guest is Basketball Ireland CEO John Fian. John was extremely generous with his time and I was fortunate to get 20 minutes of a one-to-one interview during a busy media schedule. John not only spoke about the new arena, but answered questions directly from you, the community, which some of you submitted on Instagram about the domestic leagues, our international sides and more. Okay, delighted to be joined by Basketball Ireland CEO John Fian. John, thanks for your time today. Really appreciate it. You're very welcome. We're at the launch, or the uh, media launch of the redevelopment of the arena. Tell us a bit about the project. Yeah, it's it's a, a major project. Uh, it's a 35 million redevelopment of the existing arena so we'll be knocking down the existing arena and putting up a new one um, and I think it's really very significant not just for basketball for but for the local community and also for the national uh, stage uh, it'll also be important for a number of other sports as well so yeah I think it's a really big 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 project the bigger elements of the of the project increasing capacity 3,300 uh, the gym and the cafe. Am I right in thinking they're kind of the three new pillars that we're going to see? Yeah, but there's also room for really nice hospitality facilities as well, which is I think is important for corporate business. But uh, we've also got, uh, there'll be naming rights and then there's a number of other things as well. But I think from a player perspective, the improvement in the in the dressing room areas, uh, medical facilities, etc., etc., that will make a big difference. For me, growing up, um, I didn't have a national team that I can go and watch. I remember I came to one game here in the arena in 2008, so for the last couple of years to have games here is amazing. And we were talking about there the month of November 2024. I already have it boxed off in all the days of the games. But f- So when I think about this this fantastic project and I see these, these millions going into it, my fear, and I probably speak about a bit of the community, is if we don't reach these targets and go into that debt, we might go back. Is that for? Do you understand the fear that some people might have about the project? I, I do, of course I do. I mean, and that's what's happened in the past and that kind of thing. So, but I mean, we've we've taken some fairly decent um, uh, consultant advice around commercial val- valid, uh, validity and that kind of thing. So, we've kind of looked at our plans any which way. And listen, there's no such thing as a guarantee in life, but it, this is about as well thought through as it can be. So, um, all the numbers are saying to us that this will work. So, I think we've got to do something about that. I mean, if we don't do something like this, we will definitely retire the sport. And in fact, uh, one of the key benefits of this is it'll start to produce revenue for the sport when it's all built and done and dusted. When we're talking about um, the revenue streams for the arena, what do you envisage um, for the different events and things that you've planned? Well, uh, we should be able to attract uh, quite a significant number of other events, uh, basketball or otherwise for that matter. Uh, but also each of the events will produce significantly more revenue Uh, but then you've also got naming rights you've got the fact that we'll have a commercial gym which we can lease out we'll have a commercial cafe which we'll be able to lease out 
Um, and there's a number of other opportunities uh, around sponsorship and, and that kind of thing where I think the, there's many opportunities to actually generate rev- additional revenue. Mm-hmm. This has been supported by a couple of different other NGBs or, or sports. Um, what, tell us a bit about the breakdown, how it's going to work in terms of um, some people might be concerned about it's the basketball arena. Maybe we can't get sometimes basketball events in for different commercial reasons or different sports. What way would that work out? I mean, that that all has to be uh, planned out. Uh, I mean, I'm not, I, I don't have a precise answer for you at this stage. All I can say is that we will have plenty of time. We it's 365 days in a year, and as uh, you know, I I would envisage this thing being open all the time. I would envisage us using uh, every day. I would envisage us using all the hours that God gives us as well. I'd like to see the place open quite a substantially more than it is at at the moment. So from that perspective, I think there's plenty of opportunity. Um, it will require more planning. I mean, and pe- if people want to use things, they can't just truck up and say we need it tomorrow. Uh, it won't work like that. But you know, well thought out planned structures sh- should alleviate nearly any issues. I'm hearing plans for a midnight basketball league. Is it then? I can <laughs> see that happening. Yeah, or maybe a Halloween. Yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll have to wait and see. You mentioned there um, today, and it's in the the strategic plan that philanthropy and patronage program. Can you tell some of the community a little bit about your plans there? Yeah, we're uh, in the process at the moment of uh, of developing a patronage program, which is basically uh, essentially going uh, to look at key individuals, uh, both here in Ireland and abroad, to see if they're prepared to support uh, uh, our um, basketball in Ireland. Mm-hmm. And frankly, there will be a number who will. So it's just a case of making sure that they know what the messages are, they know what we intend to do, they know what they'll want to know what our vision is for the sport and where it's going and how it can progress and what their contribution can help and assist with. Um, so all of that's being done of, as we speak. Um, that's a program that will probably take the next year to two years to, to take place. It, it's, it's, not, it's not a simple process. What's your um, thoughts on the season this year? Have you got too many games? What, what are you, who's going to win the National Cup is what I'm going to ask you. Oh, I'm not going to go there. I tell you something, <laughs> I'm not going to get myself in any trouble with anybody. Uh, all I know is we'll have a very, we'll have a, a, a raucous, high-scoring, wonderful game, I'm sure, when when the finals come around. Brilliant. And we'll have some great semi-finals in Cork, too. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, a question came in from the community um, just in, out of interest with the two American Rail coming in this year. A lot of people have been asking for that for a number of years. What was the aim with um, r- r- with bringing back in that rail to the league? It's a, That's an interesting question. Cause it's one of those ones where, you know, there's benefits and there's, there's also some, some things that probably aren't as beneficial. Mm. Um, I suppose ultimately this comes down about improving the quality overall of the league mm-hmm. and making sure that the standards go up, uh, which, you know, if you have too many, you're obviously reducing ha- how Irish people can develop. But I don't think two is too many. Um, and I think we will find out, but I, I'm pretty sure that what that will do is actually assist good Irish players to play better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they'll learn from these these professionals. And uh, I think I think it's probably a positive development. Um uh, we w- we can assess it uh, after a period of time, but I, I'm sh- pretty sure it'll turn out to be positive. Was that more of a decision um, to bring in the rule to put bums in seats and get attendances up, or to de- uh, you're saying to develop well, the league? Well, the, 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 all these things are are kind of uh, they all they all have an effect on each other. You know, I mean, uh, yes, of course, it's nice to get more bums on seats, as you put it, but. I, I'm more concerned about making sure that the quality of the play, the quality of the uh, players and uh, and everybody can improve. Mm. 
that in itself would put more bums in seats anyway. So I'm not worried about that side of it so much as um, just making the quality of the actual league and the games themselves. And the, you know, when you watch a game, you're excited by it that you get something out of it, and that you know the players are improving and getting better. If that's the case, I think you know the promotion and sales of the game will, will take care of themselves. Another one that came in, uh, and I know you've mentioned it previously, developmental. We're moving to three-league structure. Is it that developmental league is coming this year um, below the National League? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a factor of, I suppose it's part of how successful we've been in the last little while that, you know, there is a, a call for that additional league. Um, we have a lot of teams that want to get into the National League, and uh, this is just a way of expressing, uh, giving an opportunity for those teams to, to progress into the uh, either the Super League or, or First Division. And uh, I think the, the development league below that is, is part of that process. Uh, I think it's a good thing. I think um, in time we'll have full promotion relegation. And I think that's all good stuff. Uh, I think it can only help the quality. It can only help... Um, you know, we, it gives an opportunity for different clubs around the country to progress and, and, and be better and you know, bring themselves up in, in the overall national profile. So, yeah, I think it's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a couple of Irish players have come back from being in the uh, being in the states or being abroad. Um, is that going to be something that we're going to see potentially supported by Basketball Ireland bringing in maybe centralised contracts um, over the next couple of years? Is that something that we can envisage? I think at this stage it's a little premature to think think in those terms. But uh, you know, clearly, if if the trend continues and if we if we kind of see that kind of thing happening, it's certainly something we can look at. But I think. We've a lot of other things to deal with first, and I think the clubs, to be fair to them, have uh, are pretty good about the contracts that they can afford at their local level. Mm -hmm. So centralised contracts, maybe, maybe at some stage in the future, mm -hmm. uh, but I think for the moment, probably, probably not. Mm -hmm. A big talking point is an academy, um, so those players don't have to go away. Is there a um, potential for an Irish basketball official academy where it's basketball, school, everything in the one place uh, down the line? Um. <sighs> Simple answer to that would be yes, there's always the potential for it, but right now it's not in the plans. But it's certainly something we'll keep under review and, and look at going forward. Mm -hmm. um, a couple of years ago, there was a nice, there was a great committee with a couple of different people. Now, Suzanne McGuire was on it about supporting players that are going abroad or currently abroad. Is there continue with that committee or what's the stand? State well, there? we have the EPC, which is the Elite Performance Committee, and, and they are reviewing how this, you know, how players who go abroad are treated. Um, how they will be brought back or on what terms they can be brought back etc etc so I'm going to leave it up to the EPC to, to come back with recommendations in relation to that whole area and uh, I'm sure we'll get a far more consistent reliable um, uh, solution I think what's happened in the past is it tends to be one thing one, one year and something else another year and maybe even in the same year different teams are treated differently mm -hmm. so we've got to get a level of consistency across and uh, to our approach with all these all these issues. There's a couple of questions in about international teams and setups. Um, I know a, a technical director or high performance director was mentioned in the strategic plan. Is that currently on, that's currently in the works? It is in the works. It's not likely to happen before 2025, uh, and that's just a pure cost related issue. Um, but there are a couple of options in between, um, which I'm working on with the EPC. Uh, I think the sooner we can get somebody in place, the better, as far as I'm concerned. It's definitely an area of deficiency for the for the sport as a t totality, and mm. we would like to see it in place as quickly as we possibly can. Mm. Another question that came in from a few different people, um, funding for underage teams, the strain that's been put on parents for paying to play, um, what's the plan there? Is there any 
Well, the plan there is the same as pretty well everyone else in basketball. I mean, th- there are calls on, on funds across every part of the sport, be it in schools, be it in colleges, be it in clubs, uh, and the in underage internationals. I, I realise the effort and the uh, pressure a lot of parents are under. We are doing the best we can. The, the, um, people may not realise it, but there are quite a number of thousands of euros into each of the underage teams as it stands to subvent what, what, what is paid on top. We will do what we can, as we can and when we can. Um, it really comes down to when can we afford to do these things. Uh, and we would like to do it as soon as we could possibly do it. But, uh, you know, it's a, it's a work in progress. Uh, Swish came up a couple of times, um, massive addition to the league, and I know there's been other um, digital elements to the league as well, the streaming. Um, how do you feel about the negativity that's been um, kind of held about it from games not occurring, inaccurate stats, um, kind of relying on, on um, maybe non-official stats people to do it, it's a paid service. What are your thoughts on Swish app and the negativity it's had? I don't think it has had negati- negativity. There's been some negative comments, which is fine, but I think the overall... Um, element of uh, our overall effect of Swish has been oh, you know, uh, if you're using a weighing scales it's nearly all positive there are a couple of issues around they've had one or two technical issues and that's happened but let, let, let's take a step back before Swish was there you couldn't get stats for anything pretty well uh, in anything approaching uh, a reasonable le- length of time so where are we compared to where we were we're light years ahead to be brutally honest so these are teething problems and they will continue I suppose for a short period of time but I think that's all being overcome I think with 12,000 active users I think that that kind of answers it um, certainly I you know if I was here two or three years ago um, uh, the reality is if you wanted to find out the, the, the you know result in a you know in a match you'd be lucky to get it 24 hours afterwards uh, now you just have to look at your switch app and it's there you actually can see it happening as it's happening so you know uh, yes there are issues and with any technical or technology that comes in there have been issues and that's just a given uh, and there's no way around that but I think Swish is a wonderful addition to to our our overall um, offering and I think uh, I think you know I wouldn't concur and say that it's an overall negative that's fair enough. Um, with the streaming, um, I've been enjoying all the games on Basketball TV. Um, what are the numbers like for the streaming? How has the, the effect been going? Last year, uh, this year, I don't have them off the, off the top of my head, but last year I know we had about 60,000 unique uh, email addresses that, that looked at a game. So that's 60,000 people looking at a game uh, and there's 325,000 views. So it's pretty impressive. That's all new. Like None of that existed before. So it's... And you know, people ask me why is basketball doing well. That's one of the reasons. Uh, it's not the only reason. It's one of the reasons we're actually making it more accessible. Um, club supports for the likes of streaming and Swish, and um, the likes of Wi-Fi. Um, this is a question that's coming from a number of different people. Whether it's venues that don't have good signal or stuff like that, what can we, um, what can be done in, in supporting clubs in that sense? We are doing quite a lot. We're working with the clubs. Um, in its initial year, like people forget, the OTT platform has only started last year you know it it from absolute zero to where it was we had about 20% streams weren't up to quality or standard last year it's significantly improved this year i think it's below 10% at this stage as time goes on those things will be sorted um, there are a number of clubs where we've ongoing issues primarily around um broadband 
Um, <clears throat> but, you know, we are fixing those as we go. And to be fair to the clubs, they're working hard at it as well. So we would think that by the end of this year, you know, if we finish the, the year with 6 or 7%, that would be a huge improvement on last year. And I think, you know, by the time we get into third year, we'd probably be down to very small amounts of problem areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, venues for clubs and training. I know this was also identified in the strategic plan. I know Sport Ireland are doing a database of, of venues. Um, that's obviously in the works um, for the next couple of years, helping clubs secure venues. Yeah, there's a whole range of different things we have to look at there. We, we'd like to work with the FAI. We'd like to work with the GAA. We'd like to work with some of the religious orders as well about getting access to schools and that kind of thing. So there's a lot of work to be done there and then a lot of it as well is around you know what kind of contract have clubs got with the places that they 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 rent out most of them are very short term and that's not a really great place to be you'd want to have longer term contracts with with those venues uh, to make sure that you can help develop uh, the sport we like for instance we did um, a piece of research very recently and about half the clubs have a waiting list um, and we could we could literally add 5,000 people if we had just more gym time. And, you know, that's a discussion I have with Sport Ireland. It's a discussion I'm going to have with the ministers. Uh, and it's a discussion I'm going to have with other sports as well. It's something we can do with badminton and volleyball and all those other sports because they're all in the same situation. So if the government are really want to improve the participation numbers, they could flick a switch and we'd actually have significantly more. Over, almost overnight. Uh, Centre of Excellence, is, there's kind of been, you see this trend with GA hubs um, being set up by different counties. Is that something that we're going to see and um, purpose-built facilities for basketball? I don't think we're going to be looking at purpose-built, but we certainly can take advantage of anything that is built. Um, from the point of view of uh, Centres of Excellence, we have five of them at the moment. Um, Frankly, we need to work on them. What, what what's involved in them? Uh, what kind of facilities we're we get access to? Uh, how we work together with those facilities needs to be improved. And you know the the standard is not good enough at the moment, and we need to work on that. Mm-hmm. Um, another question that came in was about improving the Super League and National League to be more professional. Um, obviously, the real change this year has, has brought up the level, but overall, maybe from a structural point of view or or um, maybe from a club point of view, what can you see is improving the league? Well, there's a few things, really. I mean, the, the league, ultimately, I mean, I, the nature of, I suppose, how that was asked, it would suppose that there's something wrong. There isn't. It's how do you improve it, really, I think is the important thing, really. From my perspective, obviously, simple things, like there's a whole range of things, um, getting better access to better gyms, getting um, the, the likes of the uh, streaming platforms working properly, um, so it's about profile. It's about showing showing the clubs in that way. We also probably have to f- build a narrative around a couple of clubs um, within the, the the Super League in particular, uh, so that we can highlight to the media key players, key teams, um, because most media are not interested in every team in a, in a sport. It's uh, you know, reality. It's a reality. Yeah. It's a reality. They like to focus on a, a number of them that actually make sense. They can build a narrative around those people then. So we've got to start doing that. Um, but, I, you know, I think the trajectory for the National League and the Super League in particular is, is quite quite good, and I think we're heading in the right direction. You mentioned earlier on about two, two Americans and that kind of thing. That's the kind of thing that will improve the quality overall. 
indeed our new arena will help uh, in terms of giving profile to the, the national leagues as well. Another massive positive was getting all the games in TG Carr, particularly the league finals this year. That hadn't been done before. And obviously all the international games, including the away games, which has been fantastic to grow the sport. Is there more scope for live games on TV? Look at the Neptune Demons game just there. To be honest, um, we're hoping to conclude a deal with TG Carr to make sure that for the next two years we get all that all that, all that again. Uh, but uh, in addition, TG Carr, I know if they have the funding, are prepared to look at alternatives as well. Uh, sorry, I should say not alternative additions. Um, so you know, it would be lovely to have, for instance, a kind of double or treble header to kick off the season and that kind of thing, or maybe maybe do focus on a on a particular weekend through Christmas or something like that, mm. um, just to give more profile. Uh, it, like everything in this world, it comes down to what what TG Car can afford or not afford, as the case may be. We are talking to uh, a number of other potential partners like uh, I'd l certainly we'd like to look at BBC Northern Ireland and uh, that kind of thing so there's a bunch of different things we can do but um, yeah TG Carr have been really really good supporters and I you know we're very committed to them as they as they are to us over the next while yeah they've been fantastic supporters of the sport and um, John you're two years in the role now what's your biggest win or success to date oh, that's almost really for somebody else to uh, to comment on um, I think we have, I think I've reinvigorated aspects of sport. I think we're on an upward tra trajectory again. I think, uh, I think there's a little bit of vision in the sport now. We have a new strategic plan, uh, and I think if we follow through and all that, like, you know, I will be leaving the sport in a number of years' time in a better shape than I found it. And I think ultimately that's all you can ever do as a chief executive. Um, I I think there's huge potential in basketball. I think uh, a lot of the people who operate and all the volunteers, there's a fantastic bedrock of people there. I think there's a lot of work being done. Um, I think the growth is great. Uh, so really, from my perspective, I've, I've kind of been involved in, in trying to move all that kind of stuff. So I think that's probably where I'd be looking at for, for myself. But really, ultimately, somebody else can judge me rather than myself. You know, I don't like judging myself. That's right. Uh, as you mentioned there, and this is my final question, I'll stop grilling you now. Um, what legacy would you like to leave uh, in basketball when you do eventually um, move on? From this well, as I said, when I eventually do move on, I one of the things I want to do is leave it in a better shape than I found it. Um, and that's both money, participation, facilities, uh, structures, governance, um, you know, pathways, the international teams. And I think we can do that. I think I, we can do all of those things in that time frame. And that's the legacy I'd like. I mean, obviously, I'd like a new arena here as well. But oddly enough, you know, a new arena, while it is an incredible statement, you know, I, I think the numbers involved in the game and how people feel about their own sport and how other people feel about basketball, mm -hmm. that's the bit that would be of huge interest to me. I'd love to know that you know people genuinely thought this was a much better place to be in. Brilliant. John, thanks for your time. Uh, You're very welcome. Have a great Christmas. My pleasure and many happy returns.